Alice is a global strategist, a brand builder, communication specialist, and a talent agent. At the end of the day, if your followers and your fans and, and the consumers are the ones buying it, it makes sense for them to have a say in how the product should be developed. Yeah, we've done quite a bit of workshop for developing new brands where we actually invite influencers to be part of the conversation and, and be not just the face of the brand. The creative economy has, you know, transformed the way, you know, brands engaging with influencers, but also trans is transforming how influencers are now, you know, having much more opportunities to monetize through creation of their own brand or co-creating products with brands. You know, I think if you're not doing influencer marketing, you know, you really should probably consider it um, because it, it clearly does work and it really is the future. Here is Mara Genovese. I'm the founder and president of Imaging Power, a fully integrated market agency, Powerhouse. We are based in London, and this is our Influencer Marketing Uncover podcast. Welcome, and thank you so much for being with us. Today is a real pleasure to have Alison Hampton joining us directly from California. Alice is a global strategist, a brand builder, communication specialist, and a talent agent. After integrating the direction of many important brands across different markets, she now runs her own company, ACP Management, a full-service talent agency specialized in entertainment, fashion, beauty, luxury, and lifestyle. And with me today, I have the pleasure to have Rafael as my co-host. Rafael is our managing director in the West, and then he's joining us directly from New York. Hi, Rafa. Good morning or good afternoon? Good morning, good afternoon, international. Thank you so much for having me on such a special episode. Uh, our guest is a global NPR strategy mind. Uh, she's lived all over the world, We're from Sydney to London to New York, Chicago, and now California. Um, she has held senior roles at Ugg Australia, worked with Clinique, Estee Lauder, um, she was most recently VP of Global Communication at Bear Minerals and Shiseido. I know that because that's where I got the chance to, to get to know her and work with her on large influencer and celebrity programs, uh, hosting events and shoots around the world in LA, New York, the UK, and Tokyo. So we'll spare you for today the stories of a shoot in Tokyo, uh, but I promise they're good ones. Uh, since we worked together, uh, Alice had made the jump, and I'm so proud of her for opening her own business and kind of putting the personal touch that she has working with top uh, top tier celebrity and talent uh, mixed with her experience working with brands uh, and has created her own company. So I'm sure we're going to find out a lot more about that. Uh, but I'm excited to start this conversation, diving into kind of the, the power of co-creation, collaboration between brands and influencers. So such a pleasure, Alice. Thank you for being here. Aww. Thank you. Well, thank you both for having me. It's such an honor to be on your podcast. And obviously, Raf, I adore you. We've had some many stories over the years, um, but, you know, I always loved working with you. And I'm just so happy uh, for your continued success and your role at MGM Power. So congratulations to you as well. And I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my love. Amazing. Rafa, thank you so much for, you know, for, you know, introducing us to Alice and then, having her here with us today. So thank you for, you know, the intro and for this amazing guest. 
So Alice, you know, as you know, I am fascinated and, you know, very passionate as well about, you know, everything related to influencer marketing, talent management, storytelling. Uh, I've been running the business for about six years now, but I don't know if you know, before I started Imaging Power, Imaging Power, before we, I was a talent management agency. That's how we started. So I started representing talent and then from there, uh, I decided to change the business model to be more of a service agent rather than talent management. And you did the opposite, right? So you were doing like brand service and then you then now have your own agency that's based on representation. So first, I would love you to give a little intro about yourself to your audience, but, and then start with that question, like what was the transition between being you know, a brand you know, builder and working direct with brands and like half a mention Estee Lauder, sorry, Shiseido or Estee Lauder, correct me? Both, Both? Okay. right, I got it right. <laughs> And, uh, and when you decided to, to, you know, to move to that direction of being a talent management. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, I love that you, you and I have had a very similar path. I just swapped, I guess. Um, but no, I guess, I mean, I started my career in public relations. So I, for 20 plus years, I was on the brand side and really, you know, doing the PR global communication strategies for brands, primarily in the beauty space. So I was with Estee Lauder for seven years, Tom Ford, Clinique. My last role, as Raf mentioned, was vice president of Shiseido Makeup and also Bare Minerals. Um, and, you know, I think it was actually a very natural segue into talent management because the way I like to explain it in the simplest terms is back when I was, you know, doing my job for corporate, I was essentially bringing the talent to the brand, but now I'm bringing the brand to the talent. So I think it's a very similar discipline. It is that you're on a different side of the fence, but what I really love about what I'm doing is the insight I had from the brand building side, because, you know, I'll, you know, get on a zoom with a brand or I'll, we'll sit down and go over their objectives. And then, you know, and especially with brands that are very much in their infancy in the influencer marketing world, who maybe they're a little shy or timid to go to work with TikTok or whatever it might be, I can really empathize with them. And I can, because I've been there, I've worked on the brand side when there's been so much change in marketing and, and, you know, okay, how do we pivot? How do we be flexible? We've now got to focus on this type of marketing. Um, and so I feel, you know, having that background is actually been an incredible advantage as a talent manager um, because at the end of the day, you know, we just want it to be a win-win for the talent and also the brand, right? Whatever the objective is, whether it's sales, whether it's awareness, whether it's conversion. Um, so I, I love that you had a very similar path to me and, and we flipped, but I do think the disciplines are, are, are quite similar and I think they actually complement each other. No, absolutely. And then I love the story because for me, the insight was uh, very the same, but the opposite. So when I was working with uh, as a talent manager and I was talking with brands to actually, you know, um, sell the clients, the talents, right? Or engaging the brands to collaborate with the talents that were representing. And I'm talking about seven years ago. So there was this two like brands was trying to understand the value of actually collaborating with an influencer. And then they were asking me like, but why I should actually engage with a talent? What is actually the, 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 the ROI of this investment will look like? 
and why there would be a great window for my brand. So there was still a lot of like mystics around like why to collaborate with the influence and what's the value and impact they will bring to the brand. So after doing that for three years, I understood that there was a, as a gap in the market of branding. Brands wanted to understand more on a strategically way of like how to actually engage with talent and what that data analytic will look like. So then I flipped because I got all the insights uh, from the talents because exactly to all you said, it's a win-to-win collaboration, right? And when you have the insights from both sides, it's, it's a, at least from my experience, it makes easier for you to actually create a strategy that is going to resonate and add the value for, for both sides. So we pretty much pivot, uh, but to, to a different direction. But in essence, we are doing the contributing for both, right? For brands and, 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 and talents. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if the brand is not succeeding, then, you know, it goes par and par with the talent. Like it has to be a win-win. But, you know, that's a very real concern. And, you know, I remember when I moved to the States, it's almost 10 years ago now, it was really the beginning of that influencer marketing was starting to really bubble up, right? Um, and and become, you know, something that brands had to listen to. Because if you think about it, how traditional marketing used to be, it was very much a one-way dialogue. You know, the brand would set the tone, they'd set the image, they'd do the advertising campaign, they'd, sh- you know, shoot the look, whatever it is. They'd then get a double page spread in Vogue and advertise it or a billboard on Sunset. And it would be a one-way message of what the brand said the brand was that they're sharing with the consumer. Now you're having consumers tell the brand what the brand is, right? So if you you have to bring people along on that journey, but that I remember it was a very nervous time for brands to be like, wait, we're letting go of our brand equity and we're letting these influencers who, you know, we have, we don't know, we don't know the ROI, we don't know the data, we don't know the conversion, we don't know if this is going to work. Um, it was a very scary time, but I think obviously now things have changed. And, you know, I think if you're not doing influencer marketing, you know, you really should probably consider it. Um because it it clearly does work and it really is the future. But I do I remember those times of of you know that 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 traditional marketing changing to kind of online and um and how nervous brands were. For sure. And now when you look at the brands that you're working with and the beautiful, fantastic talents that you're working with, how do you think that we can really use that collaboration uh, to to really make sure that the, the talents can be the voice of the, the consumer and can be heard in the decision in the marketing? Like you said, it's not just kind of the brand deciding how they show up in the world. It's, it's through the voice of really influential talent, but also through the voice of real people. So how do you think kind of those uh, talent can can be really heard in the decision-making process as part of a marketing campaign and not just kind of a, an extension of a plan? Right. Well, that's a great question. So I think, um, I mean, first and first and foremost, I think if you're a brand and you're wanting to start working with influencers or talent, I always say, imagine your brand or your product or your service was, you know, a person and personify it. Who would that be? Is it a makeup brand that's very, you know, like, um, uh, you know, buxom or whatever. And so you want someone like a Chloe Kardashian, you know, female empowerment. Is it an athletic brand that you need someone who lives, breathes, you know, has a health conscious, you know, 24 seven lifestyle? Um, then who would that be? 
But so I think number one, when you're a brand that you're wanting to partner with talent, make sure that the talent align with your brand values. It's critical and key or else it just is, it's just not going to hit, right? Consumers are too savvy and they're going to see right through that. But I think the second part of your question, Raf, um, you know, bringing consumers in on the journey, I always refer back to Jen Atkin, right? I think she was brilliant at how she did this with her hair company Way, which, you know, recently then, you know, part of part of it sold to P&G. Um, she, when she was building this brand, you know, she had a huge social uh, presence online and she brought her followers along in the decision-making process. So she'd be on her stories, hey guys, do you like this kind of body wash or do you want more of a scrub? Do you like this fragrance or do you like this scent? Whatever it was. And she had that dialogue with her followers because at the end of the day, if your followers and your fans and, and the consumers are the ones buying it, it makes sense for them to have a say in how the product should be developed. I love this case study. Hafa again, we're thinking and telling the same. Me and Hafa, we have the, you know, this connection. Uh, I, I love this example and I'm a big fan of like how she used her voice to, you know, to, to build this brand that is, it's a global brand now and she's still working very close with her community to get to the next step of her brand, right? So it's a uh, it's it's fascinating what has what she has been done. And as we mentioned about like a, you know like a you know a, an influencer a talent like a celebrity creating a brand, how do you see this universe now that you know the creative economy has you know transformed the way you know brands engaging with influencer but also trans is transforming how influencers are now you know, having much more opportunity to monetize through creation of their own brand or co-creating products with brands. So tell me a little bit more about that based on the talents that you represented and how do you see, uh, you know, this co-creation element between brands and influence? Because on my perspective, this is something that is just starting that's more and more, especially on the Web 3.0, it's going to be a win-to-win collaboration more than ever. So brands will need talents to create content and vice versa, but also using influence, not using, but collaborating with the influencers and talents to co-create, you know, products and brands. We'd love to, to get your thoughts on that. So I think that's really interesting question because I think traditionally, like whenever we, you know, you know, back in the day, we would sign Nicole Kidman to Chanel number no. five fragrance, put a billboard up and do a TBC, you know, TBC, run some double page spreads in Vogue and Harper's. Um, and, you know, she would be the face of the brand and beautiful and incredible. And, and that was great. Now, I think the difference with influencer marketing is not only are you signing this talent, right? This person who personifies your brand or is the best brand representative, but, and they are starring in, producing, directing, creating all of the content, the second thing I think brands need to realize and remember is that aside, they're also bringing to you a very engaged and sticky audience. So they are their own media channel. Okay. They might have five, 10, 20 million followers. So they also, it's, you know, think of it that it's so multi-layered that the number of things that the talent is doing for a brand. So if you want to then do a brand collab, look at, look at these, look at the talent who've also built a huge following. Okay. 
there's, you know, a lot of work that goes into that. I love the saying, it took seven years to become an overnight success, right? You don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes, doing all the organic content, you know, building, building, slogging away, keep going, keep going. Then one day they, you know, they, the tipping point hits and then they, you know, people become, they become a public, you know, name or something. Um, but it's not just, I think the thing that brands forget is, oh, it's just signing some, TikTok star or, you know, influencer to this campaign. And it's back like when we signed X model back in the day or X actress back in the day. No, they are actually bringing with you a very dedicated following who they have built that community. So you've already got access to that. Then of course, if you paid, use paid media, whitelisting, amplify, push out the assets um, in other ways, then of course you can reach an even bigger audience Um, but I think that's a very key part, you know, listen, these people know how to build their channel. They know how to talk to their fans. They know how to keep their fans engaged. So I think that's the difference that we're seeing today. No, for sure. And I think it's even like, then when you manage to successfully kind of establish that relationship between those talents, who are the content creator, who are the media in and on themselves. And now you see a lot of them kind of go into creating their brands in partnership with large companies. And it's, uh, you have to kind of establish that meaningful relationship to be able to get into that, that level of partnership. Uh, and we see some that are super successful and we see some where people kind of like maybe challenging a little bit the authenticity behind it. Um, when you're working with with your team, like how do you make sure that you you kind of establish the right meaningful kind of level of partnership with companies so that you can really build that in a way that's super authentic to your talent? It's it's always a challenge. Everyone wants to be authentic, but how do you like you're like day in day out, you're working with your talent to to, to make sure that everything that they do uh, helps for the, the career, but do that in a very authentic way. How do you do you approach that? Do you know what I think? And this probably seems strange, but I think you have to be comfortable with saying no. Like you have to, you might get thrown a lot of money to do X, Y, Z, um, you know, and it's always my girl, you know, I call them my girls just because it is just girls at this stage, but, you know, it's always their decision. But for me, if it's off brand and it's just a money grab, it's not worth it. It's just not worth a long-term brand building strategy. Um, so yes, authenticity is everything. Transparency is everything. Um, if it doesn't fit within the talent's brand pillars, cause they're a brand, you know, just like the brand's a brand, the talent is a brand. Um, it has to be, you know, I, I feel like authenticity is the, or being authentic is the, you know, most overused word, but it really is true. Um, because you just don't want, you know, you know, a quick win now to be detrimental down the track for whatever reason. And also there's things like cancel culture and, you know, that's so prevalent and that's a huge concern for talent these days. And, um, you know, thankfully my girls are really good and, and quite safe and are very brand safe, I should say. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, it's, it comes back to transparency and authenticity. It is a, it's a, what you said that, uh, you know, you, you pick and choose the brands now like that, you know, that this makes more relevant for your talents to work. And back on time, if you go like seven years ago, it was all about quantity, right? So talents and influencers, they were doing a paid post. Every post was a paid post. 
And then I remember like, you know, it would be like an influencer that she would do a paid post of a beauty brand on a Monday, a different beauty brand on a Tuesday and a different one on Wednesday. And then I think it's when things start shifting because, you know, consumers, as you said, they're very savvy nowadays, right? And at the beginning of the influencer, you know, when the influencer, you know, is starting booming across social channels, even us as a consumer, we were just quite understand like why this, you know, influencer are selling this brand to us, why they are promoting so many brands. But as we evolve as a consumer of social platforms, we also understood that, okay, but is that actually being authentic? Is actually um, is being a relatable content to me. And I think is when now we see influencers making more of like a decisions because they understood exactly to what you said, that they are brands as well. They are not just, you know, a window of advertising. And I think that is the beauty of the world of influencer marketing nowadays, because influencers, they are brands, as brands are brands, right? So it's not, and, and I think that is, a, is the authenticity and be, you know, relatable and, and to your point. So influencers, they know their audience, and they're all just more savvy. So it's so important nowadays that brands understand that and making sure there is a brand fit and that influencers' talents are aligned with brand purpose and, and vice versa, right? Right. And actually, it's something you just reminded me of. I think the other part, though, is, you know, I mean, back in the day when, you know, I started working with this wonderful girl, Kat Sickler. So she's one of my big TikTok stars. And, you know, back in the day, you know, this was, we started working together over two years ago and, you know, she had a much, much smaller, you know, she really was just kind of starting. And I remember saying to her, you have to be okay with me saying no. And at that time it's like, oh, but you know, I'm a, I'm a mom and I've got, you know, you know, it's like, that's could pay my rent this month, you know, and it's like, I get it. I get it. But just trust me, you just have to, you know, when you're building a brand, it's really is a lot about what you say no to that really helps with success. So um, that's one thing. But I think the other thing you just reminded me when you were chatting is one thing I would love to see in the industry happen a lot more is a more education and awareness from a consumer standpoint that content creators, digital content creators, they actually do need to do paid partnerships in order to be able to provide you with content. You know, I find it, I, I don't want to say amusing, but like kind of uh, it's kind of astonishing how many times you see, you know, whether it's my girls or someone else's, you know, some another talent. I know people will comment, "Oh, another ad, another ad." It's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, is this person just meant to get up every day and create content for you to entertain you and not pay their rent this month?" I mean, it's kind of it's interesting. I'm like, you watch the Super Bowl and you're quite okay to watch the ads right? How do you think, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, I think we've got to change our mindset about the creator economy um, and how these digital content creators do make a living, right? They are, they are entitled to earn a living just as much as anyone else. No, I totally agree with you. And also getting the consumers to educate that the content that are, they are creating, they're adding value to the community, right? Because at the moment that they're picking, choosing brands, 
that they believe that makes sense for them to work with is because they wanted to add value to their community. They wanted to, you know, to, to be authentic, but also getting their community to be related to that content they are share, that being educational content or a product-led content. It's just more to consumers, to your point, it's like, it's not just I'm doing this because I've been paid, but I'm, I'm creating content that is a benefit to my community as well, right? Right, right, right. And one of the things that we've done uh, in the last in the last year, we've done quite a bit of workshop for developing new brands, where we actually invite influencers to be part of the conversation and and be not just the face of the brand. Here's the product, uh, buy it, but be part of the conversation behind the scenes to help shape the brand, a brand that they will feel proud and excited about representing. Because I feel like they, uh, like you said, they have access to such an engaged community. They know what what's going to make them happy. What's going to be helpful what they're missing what question they're asking they're asking in the comment but also in the dm because sometimes we're not always comfortable asking all this question publicly but they have access to all that and being able to to include them in that conversation up front we've seen so much success in kind of being able to then kind of engage talent to be associated and supporting a brand in a much more authentic way and brand that they generally feel a sense of like oh i was part of creating that um with That's your great. work with brands yeah no it's been a really fun process to be honest um but with your with your process working with with brands and kind of talent uh what are the tips you can give to the marketers out there uh when you think about how they can kind of more integrate more the influencer as part of the process or or make sure we we, we really establish that meaningful relationship between the brand and the in the part in the talent because you work with so many so many different brands and you get a knock at the door you have to kind of weed out which ones are going to be the most meaningful one and the most authentic one how do you do that and what are you looking for in kind of uh, the way brands approach it so i think if you're a brand and you're looking to start working with influencers perhaps you know um you haven't done it before or you're testing the water i think start by seeding right obviously if it's a product start by seeding or if it's a service let them have a subscription or whatever it might be um, and go through your UGC content, right? See who really is an avid lover, authentic user, um, person, who, you know, consumer that buys your product or brand or whatever it might be, um, and start kind of testing the water and, and really let the data be your compass. So if you start with a big influencer seeding campaign, maybe a talent will, you know, organically post about it. They might post about it again. They might just say, oh my gosh, this is my favorite thing ever. Like, whatever is, then just start to see, was there an uplift in Ulta that night? You know, I know um, that certainly happened with talent I've worked with where they've tested, you know, a brand will test the water. They will do an organic kind of post to kind of see, obviously if they love it, right? Because the other thing is, is that a lot of the time, you know, my girls will say, let's send the product to me first. I want to try it for a few weeks or a few months and then I'll let you know. Because And then they're like, no, I don't like it. I'm sorry. It doesn't work for my hair. It doesn't work for my skin, whatever it might. Be. And they then they say no, because they authentically, you know, they want to make sure that they are espousing what they believe in. Um, but I think if you're a brand, start, you know, do a test and learn. It's very economical to do a seeding program. Um, doesn't, you know, it's very cost-effective. Um, and then start by looking through people's feeds. Do they mention you organically already? Do they really love your product and your brand? Uh, and then maybe start working with them. You know, some of the best brands have started on very robust micro-influencer strategies. You know, you don't have to sign... Kim Kardashian with, you know, however hundreds of millions of followers to have a successful campaign. In fact, I would say 
you know, you know, you want to be, you really want to hone in on who your customer is and then who your customer is being influenced by. I think that's really going to kind of, you know, dictate who you should work with. Um, yeah. I don't know if I answered that. Really right. good advice. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very love that uh, one thing Alice like with your talents because we're talking a lot about like you know a social content creation but we're seeing as well here especially working with the clients of MG Power, how we are now uh, creating a strategy where we can integrate influencers not just to create content on social but using influencers to do creating experience with them that is RL and, you know, using, not using, but collaborating with talents on a live streaming element. You know, when we create pop-ups with our clients, how to actually launch pop-up, but bringing the ambassadors and the influencers that are already creating content to the opening of a pop-up and meet and greet community. Do you, do you do that with your talents and do you see that brands are more open to engage with the influencer on a more integrating, integrating way rather than just social? Well, I think, I mean, I've only had my agency for two years and pretty much 90% of that was during COVID. So there was, you know, yeah. very limited, you know, pop-ups and, and consumer events and things like that. But that being said, in the last six months, that's completely changed. Like there are so many events. There's so much happening. Um, and I definitely think at the end of the day, it's about relationships, right? Whether it's influences to influencers or influences to consumers or influences to brands, you know, so I think um, the best partnerships that we have um, are the ones where there really is a personal relationship with the brand, with the influencer. We do get together um, you know, you really, when you spend time with someone, you really understand, are they just, doing it for that, you know, putting that 60 second video up and then they're just zoned out or is there a real love for this? And do they go the extra mile? Do they do more when they come to the events? Do they bring ideas to the brands? Do they really want to help co-create and, you know, collaborate? Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, the best ones are always when both both sides are really excited to partner together. And is that all about the long-term partnership as well, right? I'm a truly believer that, you know, long-term relationship is what drives, you know, more authenticity into brands and influencers collaboration and also creating, uh, you know, the element of educating the community of the influencers about that specifically brand or product. You can do that much more uh, efficient if you do with an influence in a long term rather than, than an on-off because right. there's oh, like one hour perspective. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I mean, what do they say? It's, you know, you have to have that helicopter marketing of you seeing it or hearing it seven times before you it actually sinks in. So, you know, that's that's just psychology 101 with, you know, marketing. So, you know, if you're just like doing a one and done, it's, you know, you might have a little bit of a hit or a little bit of hits to your website or something, but, you know, it's, we do much prefer the long-term partnerships. It just makes right. sense. It's easy. You know, you, you, you're also asking the talent to come into the brand's world and, you know, the number of decks that I get a day to you know understand this, you know, a hundred page brand heritage and history. I'm like, okay, but I've got 99 more others. I have to like download and, and understand what's right. So, you know, I think, um, 
I think the long-term partnerships are definitely the best because also their followers go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. This is Ellie's favourite brand or this is Anina's favourite, you know, product, whatever it is. Um, it's it's That's just authenticity to me, yeah. That's a good point, but you have to educate brands on the long-term relationship importance because it's still, you know, an element of now and then that brand things a one-off collaboration can make the wonders right so the from like perspective that's a lot of education is still to be done of like the value and the importance of long-term partnerships taking your time i think what you said about not just kind of sending the product and expecting the content to to come back a few days later but you have to actually live with the product experience it to be right. able to to really talk about it in a way that's that respectable and if you want to be authentic you need to kind of almost align your process knowing that and knowing that yes there's overnight success but you can't really model your processes and the way you work and your way you engage pe with people with expecting that uh, and so i think this idea of taking your time and doing it in a meaningful totally. way uh, is so important i always find it interesting when brands say okay i've sent the product here's the tracking number do they like it and can they post tomorrow uh no <laughs> okay <laughs> what about you guys get ahead of your marketing plans and you know because they're just not going to just do that because you've got this tight deadline and and for whatever reason you know it's a last minute thing it's if they don't know the product or the, you know, if they know it before, then okay, of course, if it's a brand partner and we understand these things happen, but you, you know, it's, that's, that's not a win for the brand. If, if talent just turn it around quickly and it's a one and done and it's just let them, let them really love it. Let them experience it. You know, I have a celebrity makeup artist, Nikki DeRoost, who she is incredible that she can go in and talk about the ingredient. Yeah, she's fantastic in the ingredients and the story and the history and the benefits and the efficacy. And because she takes her job so seriously and she's so good at it. Um, and it astounds me how much she knowledge she retains with so many brands. Um, but it's because it's her passion. But you know, give her the time to really try it and see the benefits herself before she starts, you know, talking about it. So that's what I'd, I'd also just say. <laughs> and I always say to Brandon, let the creator to create the content because briefings, they are important, but I think more and more brands, we need to understand that if the, if they influence the talent, if they create the content through their own eyes and through their own vision is when we get, you know, the content to be much more authentic and more relatable. Because again, back in the days, I don't know if it was like you, Hafa and Alice, if you experienced that. But when I was doing representation, I used to receive briefings from brands, like telling exactly how the influencer should create the content. So you, you take the product, you hold the product, and then you smile, and then you're going to say this, da, da, da. I remember like those. Yes. But and also, or the other thing is, is, Say they want it in a you know forty five second TikTok, but then the brief is this long with twenty points. I'm like, how would anyone ever get that out? Like that's just crazy. But back to the time timeline thing. I mean, think about traditional advertising. Say at the kind of the tightest kind of marketing turnaround, like for a, a, a traditional advertising campaign, would be six months really from shooting. Right, you shoot the, you get the assets, you do post production you get approvals, then you do your media buy. It's a three month, you know, print window. So then six months later, the assets come out, right? 
So that's a six month period. Here we're saying to the talent, okay, you've got six hours. Like, and it's like, well, hang on a second. So, you know, I think, I think we're, we've got to have a little bit more understanding on both sides, what's really going to make this a success. Um, and also, you know, really the, the best partnerships are the ones where the talent has creative freedom. Of course, there's always, you, you know, there's always going to be brand messaging and things that, you know, they need to get in, which of course everyone understands. But when you come with 20 different bullet points and, and, and ingredient names that are this long, it's, that's, that's not what they do. That's not going to help. And that's just going to, you know, people are going to turn off quickly, you know, people's attention spans are much shorter these days. So if you don't get them in those first five seconds, it's they've, they've scrolled to the next one, right? It's, they are the ones in the, in the position of power. They can just quickly scroll up and it's gone. So uh, I think, yeah, there has to be a bit more understanding on that side. And, uh, and Alice, I, we could stay here talking forever because it's a subject that I love. But one question that I have here that he, I think you mentioned about like the value of like consumers understand like, you know, that influencers, they get, they're doing paid because at the end of the day is their work. How about like the, the paid media rights, right? Because now talents, they have much more understanding about the value that they have for brand as a brand, right? And again, like if we look at the start of influencer marketing, brands will pay for talents based on the content they will create and based on the content they will post on behalf of the brand. But now there is a, like a lot of, like the majority of brands nowadays, they not just use the collaborate with the talents to actually get the talents to post about the brand, but use their content to boost, amplify with paid. How do you do that with your talents? How is the education for you on like negotiating with brands? Because the value of, you know, using influencer content for media purpose, it's, it's very high, right? So you're using an image of a talent to a brand to use longer term to amplify their brand, their message. So how do you work that with your talents and how do you see brands are understanding better that element of the, the value of the paid rights of the talents? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it makes sense if the talent is spending the time creating the content and posting and, you know, build, getting that awareness and, and that messaging out there you know, in certain instances, it does make sense to then put additional paid media or whitelisting behind it to then support it and push it out to an even bigger audience who, you know, might not be that per that specific talents uh, following, but is very much aligned with their consumer set. So that makes sense. Um, but I think, you know, that, that proponent really comes back to the talent manager or the agent, right? I think, you know, with any contract, I remember when, you know, Kat and I started working together. I said, right, but the very beginning, send me every single contract because she was managing it, you know, the deals herself with her ex-partner. Um, and I said, right, send me every single contract you've you've signed because I want to make sure what you've signed away, like your rights away. Because name, image, and likeness, right? You sign that in in, per in perpetuity. Okay, that's it. They can use that forever. And that's that makes me super nervous. So I'm very, very very diligent on the usage rights. It's like you have to be, um, you know, maybe it's a one month thing, maybe it's a three month thing, whatever it might be. Um, and also exclusivity, right? Category exclusivity. You need to be really across the, the, the detail in that, you know, and it's always, and that 
very right in that second last paragraph, right, right down the bottom of like a 10 page, you know, contract. Um, but I'm very quick to go to that and make sure that there that's aligned with the rate or whatever it is, the agreement that we agreed to, because I have seen talent get absolutely burned when, you know, someone has signed on their behalf or they might've signed because they were doing it themselves. And then, you know, five years later, you're seeing this very, you know, B grade commercial keep popping up all over the place. Cause now this talent's a huge star and Oh, back in the day when they didn't know, or they were just starting, they signed their rights away. Um, and I think here's, what's really interesting to me um, is, you know, back when I was in, in, on the corporate side and, you know, Raph and I were working, you know, we signed, Hayley Bieber and Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and huge, huge, you know, global names. The difference with digital influencers, it, it obviously generally skews a lot younger as an audience set. And, you know, a lot of my girls have um, the email button goes straight to me. So, I, you know, every day I get a plethora of, you know, everything from marriage proposals to, <laughs> to like, crazy things yeah. that come in. The things I've seen, trust me, it's it's fascinating. But um, what I'm so shocked at and kind of disappointed is the number of brands and people who try to take advantage on the fact that they think they're emailing the talent directly and that that this talent is young and doesn't know, like, you know, and probably mm. doesn't have the the, okay. you know, the awareness to understand a, a contract that is legally binding um, and, you know, and, and of course, you know, the talent back, if they say that, you know, back in the day when they're starting, they manage themselves, of course, they want to be nice to the brand, that brand's paying them their rent this month. So of course they're going to be like, oh, okay. And I've seen so many just it's an abuse of power, really. I find it horrible. But uh, so I'm very like mama bear about those kind of things because, and if they want to pay, if they want those extra things, okay, fine. But this is what their rate's going to be. And it's totally your choice. We'll never, you know, question that. But you, they have to be paid accordingly if you're then going to be using their name, image, and light and likeness or splash it all around the world in every form of billboard, in-store, point of sale, digital, online, traditional media, like, it's um that's a that's definitely as a talent manager and agent that's the thing yeah. you want to look out for well if i need thing. a lawyer if i need a lawyer i i'm definitely calling you you're definitely on top of all the details i like yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a it's a you know when i see you know i know when you introduced me as a full scale i mean really it, i it is it is legal like you have to understand legal contracts um and if you don't then you know get inside counsel or have outside counsel that you can refer to because you know, rule number one, get a good lawyer, right? Just all get someone who understands that. It's such an important subject that we, we, we discussed because, you know, I still, again, I feel like there's a need of continuing education on that to brands, right? Because sometimes they think that they can take advantage, but we need to start seeing talents as a brand and then is their image right their image rights and they have the right to charge for that and we have to be very diligent on influencers contract agreement but also very diligent on educating brands that you know the value and also how to respect the talent's work right so you cannot just you know uh but i think it's getting better uh, but you know, there's a, for when I started, cause I used to be a talent management and as you said, like I used to receive agreements where they would say, 
oh, we can repurpose your content for five years. I was like, what? Five years, darling. And then I like, you wanted to pay, you know, like this amount and use, you know, this talent content for five years. So it's very shocking because sometimes at my time, I used to receive the agreement with that paragraph saying without even asking on email to me oh. if there was an agreement on that. It's, it's yeah. kind of comical. I mean, I shouldn't say this, but so many brands, oh, sorry, we forgot to remove that part. I'm like, yeah, no, it, it's, it's like, really? Like, like that's, I, I think that's just contracts are the things that keep me up the most at night. I think, you know, and it's usually at the end of the day when, you know, the phone calls are stopped and the meetings have stopped. That's when I sit down at night and, you know, really you want to read those things three times because, I feel responsible for my girls, right? And if I, and you know, I sign on their behalf and if I'm signing something on their behalf that then jeopardizes them in some way, then that's, yeah. on, you know, and that's a responsibility I take very seriously. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's crazy the amount of things that slip into the contract that, you know, no, no, we we didn't agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also yeah, interesting to like, know that it's still happening. <laughs> we, Sorry, we work a lot with, uh, that's also on us to, to kind of work with the brand and kind of help them. Because a lot of the time it's like we've all been brand side. We're like, oh, we'd be great to be able to include this. So it would be nice if we could do that. And it's always fine to ask the question or for the suggestion, but being able to, to help kind of both sides understand uh, the needs and help navigate that and and we work a lot with our clients to kind of help them understand oh i understand why you would want to do that but it's also not realistic because the talents as x y and z they need to be able to do deals with other brands they're not going to be able to to kind of release their image for that long but i think right. it's all about communication and education to be able to kind of right. really get there uh but everyone kind of going into it with kind of the most honest open like that's what we're looking to achieve uh but also being being understanding that not everything is possible right and also, I mean, there's, you know, sometimes I'll say to the talent, say, hey, look, this brand wants to whitelist for 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is. And, you know, this is what they're going to pay you for that. And here's the benefit. This is a very premium brand. It's very on brand with you. It's actually going to bring more awareness and more eyeballs to your page, right? Because they're going to be amplifying on the, the talents page. So this is actually a win-win because if anyone's looking at your page and go, oh, that partnership with you know this beautiful brand um look how in, look how incredible the views were look how successful it was so you know there is definitely a win-win it's it's just more of the times when I see you know brands are cheeky and they try to slide in a few more things that um but you know thankfully so far I've, I've managed, to, <laughs> managed to find them <laughs> Amazing. Alice, to end our conversation, which has been incredible, and then I wish you could have more time. But just, you know, quick question. Questional, just like, a, you know, wanted to hear from you. Aspirational inspira or inspirational content or both? I think it depends on the talent, right? If the talent is someone who creates aspirational travel and lifestyle, and then of course that's that's perfect. If the talent is someone who has been through a hardship and come out the other side and is inspiring, then that's going to work for them. So I think there's a place for both. Um, I, I, I don't think one is better than the other. I think it really depends on who the talent is and how it aligns with their brand. 
Love that because there's a, you know, a lot of conversation around, you know, aspirational content versus inspirational. And I could not agree more with you. Alice, what a pleasure, you know, to have have you today with us at our Influencer Marketing Cover podcast. Really, really appreciate and very grateful for your time and uh, very much looking forward to meet you in person soon when I'm in U.S. in California. That's when we'll have the glass of wine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And half again, thank you so much. It's always amazing to have you as my co-host. And thank you again for, you know, inviting Alice to, to be part of our episode today. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you and, and get to, to spend more time with Alice, who I miss dearly. No, oh, love you, Ref. Thank you both for having me. It was truly an honor to be on your podcast and uh, looking forward to getting together in person soon. Well, thank you both. Really appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Alice. And thank you so much to everyone that has been listening to us today at our Influencer Marketing Uncovered podcast. Hope you have enjoyed our conversation. And if you're not following us yet, please do so. We are on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to one more episode of Influencer Marketing Uncovered podcast. See you on our next episode. Thank you so much.